Hi everyone, welcome to the Chasing the Light audio journal. My name is Lindsay Rambo. I am here today to share my first entry of my audio journal. This is a very exciting time in my life. But before I start getting into why it's exciting, I want to introduce myself and give you a little bit of background and tell you why I am here. My name is Lindsay, as I mentioned before. I live in the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia, right between Maryland and Virginia. I grew up in Maryland, in Western Maryland, and I, am a 34-year-old mom of two wonderful sons who are 9 and 11. I'm married to my college sweetheart, Zach, and I am blind. <laughs> so that's kind of why I'm here. I have a rare inherited retinal disease called Labor's congenital amaurosis with the deficient gene being LCA5. And I have lived with this visual impairment for all of my life, although the diagnosis has changed several different times throughout my life. I was born in December of 1988, and I was very intrigued by lights that were above, and my eyes were attracted to those, and my grandparents had mentioned to my parents that they didn't think I could see very well because I wasn't looking at people's faces and I wasn't looking at the correct place whenever someone would speak to me or say my name. So my parents took me to the pediatrician's office at eight weeks old, and I was referred to a pediatric ophthalmologist in Baltimore, Maryland, where I was prescribed glasses by 10 weeks old, and I was given the diagnosis of disease of the retina. The doctors said that my disease wouldn't get any better, but it wouldn't get any worse. So I underwent several different tests during that time. I had MRIs done, I had a CAT scan done, and everything looked normal other than my vision. And back in the late 80s and even up until about 10 or 15 years ago, there was very little known in the vision science realm. Research has come so far since I was a little girl, and we're thankful for that. If you are living with an inherited retinal disease or any type of blindness, you should be so, so excited about the strides and achievements that are occurring right now in the vision science realm. I went through my K-12 education with very minimal accommodations and not because I didn't need them because looking back, I feel I would have benefited from many of the accommodations that were available to me. However, I was very resistant of any type of extra help because I was determined to be as normal as possible, whatever that means. I <laughs> did not want to use any type of braille materials. I did not want to use any type of enlarged textbooks, even though I had them available to me, they usually sat on a desk in my classroom and collected dust. I did use a handheld magnifier that I called my reading rock. 
and I used sometimes enlarged worksheets during my K-12 education. I was blessed with wonderful friends and teachers as I was going through school. I would copy notes from my friends, especially in, in high school. I copied notes from them that they would take from the board, or I had a strategy of listening to the teacher as she or he were writing things on the board, and I would copy the notes that way. I really tried my best to do everything that everyone else was doing in the same way that they were doing it. I did not want any attention drawn to my visual impairment or the fact that I was different and needed a little bit extra help or a little bit extra time. I was very, very determined to do the sports that everyone else were doing. I love to run. I am a marathon mom. I have run half marathons. I have done anything and everything you can think of in terms of running because that is something that just makes me feel so free as I do not drive a car. So it is always so amazing to have the opportunity to go out in my neighborhood and the familiar setting and be able to run. It's about the only way that I can travel from my house, you know, miles away independently without my husband taking me. So running is a huge passion. It is something that I will talk about a lot in my entry journals. It will also kind of tie into how I deal with, with, you know, some of the setbacks or obstacles that I encounter with my visual impairment. And it also ties into my faith. I am a child of God. I believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior. And if I did not have my faith, I would not be here. Because that is what pushes me through each and every day as I deal with the struggles of going blind, essentially. My disease that I have is a progressive disease, and I have lost a significant amount of vision since I was a little girl. And that is going against what I was originally told that, you know, my sight would not get any better, but it wouldn't get any worse. Again, we've come a long way and we've learned a lot since then. So I went through school and I played soccer, I played basketball, I ran track. I am very athletic. Being healthy and fit is my passion in life. I actually went to college and earned a degree in health and physical education to be a teacher in that. I, I never became a teacher in that and I plan to touch on that in later entries as well. I am a certified teacher of the visually impaired. So I did eventually learn Braille. I know how to read and write Braille. I still read print. I know it probably sounds crazy. Like this girl just said she's blind and how does she read print? Well, as I hope you learn through these entries, blindness is a spectrum. So to be legally blind, your acuity would be 2200. And you can still see with that type of acuity. My acuity is way worse than that and I can still see. So there are other people who are affected by blindness who have no light perception, which means they see darkness and only about 10% of blind people actually experience the no light perception. The rest are on a spectrum and have some type of light perception or, you know, some type of varying degree of vision. 
whether it be their central vision or their visual fields, being able to use their peripheral vision, those types of things. So I went through school and I had to work twice as hard as everyone else just because I was so reluctant to use any types of accommodation. And I also had a hard time accepting my visual impairment because of that. If I would have embraced it and accepted it when I was younger, maybe life would have been a little easier. It's hard to say. Hindsight's twenty twenty. So I learned that my vision would eventually become worse. When I was 16 years old, I had gone for a second opinion. It was my senior year of high school. I went for a second opinion about my vision. I underwent many vision assessments at that time. And at the conclusion of the appointment, I learned that, well, I was told this. It, it didn't pan out to be true, that I would be blind by the time I was in my early 20s. And if I ever had children, they would be born blind as well. I am thankful and blessed to say that both of my children have perfect vision. And at age 34, I am still able to read print, although it's with magnification, and do certain things, you know, independently that you wouldn't think that I, I would be able to do um, by the prognosis that that doctor gave me at 16. So I, I was devastated, obviously, after that appointment. But I picked myself up. I kept on going. I, I you know, have always been very, very determined. I went through driver's ed around that same time and completed that successfully. I went to go get my learner's permit at the DMV um, not too long after completing the instructional portion of driver's ed. And I went and I failed the vision test. So I anticipated that, but I had to go to see if I would qualify for daytime driving which I did, and I started that program, and it didn't take me long to realize that I was not going to be able to drive a car. As I was driving along the Golden Mile in Frederick, Maryland, I was so stressed out, so filled with anxiety, so worried that a little child would be playing in their driveway or in front of their house, and a ball would roll out in the street, and the child would get it, and I would hit the child. Like, it was, it was frightening. Like, I... I knew I wasn't going to be able to drive. So, you know, that was a very difficult realization for me. And I had a hard time processing that. And it also brought on a whole new level of worry. Like, how am I going to get from one place to another as an adult? How am I going to have a job as an adult without someone to drive me? And listen, I'm still struggling with that now. <laughs> it, it is not easy to be employed and feel independent when you have to rely on other people to take you places. And I live in a rural area now where there are not Ubers, there's not public transit, I can't walk everywhere. So it definitely, you know, poses different issues throughout your entire life whenever you're blind. Things that I feel like typically sighted individuals take for granted. 
So I processed it. I dealt with it. I ended up going to a community college for two years because I felt like, you know, I needed to gain that confidence. I needed to get my bearings before I went to a four-year university. I needed to see how I was going to be able to handle my workload in college. I actually did amazing while I was at community college. I really loved college. I did a lot of college since then too. Um, I have a master's degree in special education and another master's degree specifically for teaching students with visual impairments. So I've done a lot of college in my time um, in education. And I ended up going to Frostburg State University after graduating from community college. And that is where I met my now husband, Zach. And we met in our second year there because he also transferred in as well. So we met and it did not take me long to realize that he was different than anyone I had ever dated, anyone I had ever met. He took such an interest in my visual impairment and I never wanted to talk about it. Like he wanted to know more. I obviously told him about, it, but I never wanted to talk about it. He was determined to figure me out and figure that out. And he is the reason why I am on the journey that I'm on now about to embark in a clinical treatment trial for my LCA5. And he is totally responsible for that. Like it is a beautiful story of true love, someone who would not give up and let me give up in any aspect or form um, in regards to my visual impairment or anything in my life. He's, you know, my number one in my corner all the time and literally in the corner watching me go through all the vision assessments that I go through now. So that is a brief background about me. I want to save the next 10-year journey, starting with Zach and I meeting. I want to save that for the next entry because I'm trying to keep these below 30 minutes as I go through these entries. I am so, so thankful that you listened. I'm thankful for my family and friends who are interested, who have been with me through my journey throughout, you know, definitely the last 10 years or so since I've been sharing about it publicly through social media. But my family who's been here, my friends who've been here and, and know me as that little girl starting out in elementary school and can see how God has worked in my life and, you know, is going to bring deliverance from this visual impairment, from this thing that could easily, you know, have shattered my life and made me hide away. Um, it's something beautiful. I hope this is encouraging to anyone who's listening, anyone who is sitting, you know, within their blindness, sitting within their struggle. I just pray and hope that this is a positive place and that I can shine light into your life no matter what is going on. That is my goal. That is the reason for calling this Chasing the Light. I'm chasing the light physically, emotionally, mentally, in every way possible. I am chasing the light. And I encourage everyone to never stop chasing that light. I hope you tune in for entry two. I'm so excited to keep bringing content and keep bringing encouragement and I look forward to talking with y'all soon. Have a great day. 